0: The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas Desert and Energy Industry, who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host pastor and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble, because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good
1: evening, WWM listeners. And I hope that you all took care of your sweethearts on Valentine's. We're in February and we're talking about relationships. So we're trying to build relationships with you, our listening audience, intimate, close mic talking (laughs) (laughs) by tackling tough topics, admitting our own frailties in these areas and helping you to get to know both Aaron and I in a more personal way. So last month, At the end of January, we closed with an episode on my memoir to give you a glimpse into the savage path. Today, we're going to learn more about Pastor Aaron Thomas and his peace, outreach, ministry, and what drives his passion. Aaron, are you ready to open the kimono? (laughs) and reveal more about yourself.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Well, I don't know about opening the kimono, man. I don't think nobody wants to see all that. (laughs) But I'm sure glad to be back representing our Lord and Savior and hanging with you. Um, I want to say good evening, good evening to the WMNN. Uh, WWM listeners, you know, I've been struggling with that. I, and that's one of my things. Anyway, I want to thank y'all for coming back and hanging with us. We sure are glad uh, to spend another evening with you uh, sharing what God is doing in us. And with that, I want to uh ERS for continually hanging out with us, being uh, yes. a supportive of us Um there's some some bad boys over there helping you with all your electronic needs. So check them out, uh, ERS, Electronic Recovery Services. And I do want to say one thing about uh, doing this show with you over the last year. One of my favorite shows with you was that episode of us taking uh, uh, another glimpse at the Savage Path and allowing our listeners to really get a chance to not only order the book. Wait. Hold up. You can
1: order it. At <laughs> www. Dot the com.
2: Yes, order the book, but also, man, for our listeners to get to see how out of that uh, uh, life struggles God is using you and, and through the things that you have been and how they apply. Like, you know, people don't know how to put their life together and see God in it, and God used that book. So that was just awesome. And, yeah, man, I guess I'm ready to share a little more about the work God did, is doing, and hopefully will continue to do with me and my life, but more importantly with the uh, ministry that he birthed through me. Peace, Outreach. So
1: Okay. So, look, folks, I'm going to try to steer this glacier here. <laughs> <laughs> a whole a lot big, of moving. He's a big man. And it's not easy to steer. <laughs> but So we're going to start with a defined point in time, and you have— listed as March 21st 2008 as a very special day for you and how that day led to your ordination as a pastor at New Life Baptist Church in Albuquerque New Mexico in 2014 so that's about a 6 year period why don't you start there
2: okay well wow. i'm going to i'm going to be brief there cuz that could take a whole show but um you know my coming that's my birthday Like I tell people, I've been chasing and celebrating God since that day. I went, uh, I actually came here to Houston to a uh, men's recovery program. You know, I was dealing with drugs, alcohol, abuse, anger, a bunch of issues and came to this home that just dealt with Jesus. Like, hey, this is you and God get together. And I came because my lovely bride was like, hey, I'm going to be your wife forever, but I can't walk with you if you don't walk with Jesus. And so I came to Houston to prove that Jesus wasn't real period. I mean, that, that sums it up. I, I And actually, when I took that step of faith, I got saved on the plane. Actually, I got saved that morning. I didn't acknowledge my salvation until later that day when I got here off the plane from Albuquerque to Houston. Um, but God had done a work in me. As I was on the plane, I was talking about God to somebody.
1: So you, you didn't get very far in proving Jesus wasn't real then.
2: not not at all as a matter of fact when i got off the plane i walked to a phone called my wife and said i don't know how i can tell you this but i'll never drink or do drugs again and you know we're not going to debate drinking and drugging right now i mean well we will always drugs are not good for you we're not going to debate alcohol you know that's a personal relationship with god and what he's telling you uh if you ever want to talk about it email us and we can talk about that more um When I got saved, the first thing I heard from the first person I met in Christianity was, man, I don't know what it is about you, but there's an anointing on you. Now, you're talking to a brother who knew some things about God, but I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. The next man I said, said, there's a calling in your life. And I'm giving you all the short version. Uh, You can go on my page and click on my YouTube page and see my testimony in a greater length. But Uh, just kept telling me there's this call, this anointing on my life. Wasn't doing drugs anymore. Wasn't going to go back to where I was. I didn't understand. Um, I stayed here. I was supposed to only be out here in Houston. Then at that time for one or two months, wound up being out here for almost eight months, seven, a little over seven months. Um, as I was chasing God and growing in God and fell more and more in love with Jesus, got back to Albuquerque, found a church. Kind of didn't want to be affiliated with denominations. You know, I I found out that that's one of the things that separates even Christians, you know, Baptist Lutheran. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, I was I was saved in a Pentecostal church, um, trained in a Baptist church, um, grew up in a Baptist church. So I've I've experienced I'm a Christian. Period. And I Amen. got that. And even in the church that I went that was Baptist, my pastor was like, it's not about your affiliation to any denomination. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And and I want to put that out there. But I got put into a PIT program that took was supposed to take three years. Took me five.
1: <laughs> PIT? is Preacher in training?
2: Uh, training? Pastor in training. Pastor in training. Okay. training, yeah. I had to go through a pre-PIT and then a PIT. And it took me about five years. Um, to get licensed. Joseph
1: Um, had to go in a pit too.
2: Amen. Amen. And, and the beauty of that, and we're going to touch on that. I'll tell you about that a little more later, a little more later anyway, uh, about coming out of that pit and God taking the pit up out of me. But, um, I got licensed in 2013, had to write a doctrinal statement before I got ordained because it prepares me for, uh, the next level. Been a pastor, um, for the last 14, what, eight years. And, um, it's my, it's the only thing I ever want to do. Like, it's that thing that moves me. God moves me. God excites me. You know, they say, if you do something you love, it's not work being working, uh, for the Lord being in ministry is one of the most amazing things that could ever happen to a person like me.
1: It's true. Let me just tell you folks, we had Aaron and Michelle over to our house and we could Hung out by the pool. We had order for six hours. We had one gear.
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> they like, a- I thought it was cool. My wife is like, boy, can he talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know nothing else, man. Amen. So,
1: Thank you. So PEACE, P-E-A-C-E, is an acrostic where the letters stand for praying, evangelizing, admonishing Christ eternally. So how did you and Michelle come up with those words and form the ministry?
2: Okay. That's a great question, man. You know, um, first Peace Outreach Ministry business card that we made, it had my face on it. I don't know. My wife said, people will never forget the size of your head. (laughs) Really? Like, that was the reason. I go, she goes, people remember your face. (laughs) They they don't remember your name, but I guess she goes, honey, you have a very large dome. And I was like, okay, but the first acrostic that we had— Charlie Brown. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow! These are my friends. Anyway, um, the first acrostic we had, it said, positive energy always creates excellence in Christ. We ran with that for many years, but as we grew in our—as I grew— and we grew in our relationship and in ministry, we realized that was a more of a young understanding of God and could be considered too worldly and acrostic. You know, you know, people always like the power, the energy, this, that, and the other, even though I know I was referencing the Holy spirit, I didn't want uh, other people might not. Right. 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 I get it. Yeah. So we changed. So, so we changed that, um, um, about, I guess about five years ago. Wow, I'm, that's crazy. We changed it about five years ago, you know, because I'm not about motivational speaking and positive energies. I'm about the Holy Spirit, uh, creating a relationship in a person with Jesus to bring them to God, intended perfect end. So, the my wife started thinking about what we do and how we work, and and, and she came up with this one: uh, um, uh, praying. You the know, holy because woman. Amen. Because I'm I'm big on Charles Spurgeon said a, a pastor that doesn't pray shouldn't preach, and I'm big on prayer. I, I I love to pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing, and and I and I've grown to understand. And I want you to understand prayer is talking to and listening to God. Evangelizing, sharing the gospel everywhere you can, whenever you can, for as long as you can. Ergo, the six-hour sermon they got when they had me over for dinner. I haven't been invited back since, so I was wondering if maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we've just been busy. But um, admonishing, warning, recommending, counseling, cautioning folks. People don't admonish like this, like, hey, do you know that's considered sin? Right?
1: Yeah, you don't hear people talk about admonishing much
2: no no and and, and nobody comfortable (laughs) very and and it was never done to me and i was headed to hell in a handbasket and nobody that called themselves a christian cared enough to come and go yo dude you need to pump your brakes you think you're having a good day something i say to people same thing that makes you smile can make you cry be careful Right, that good time was costing me my life. Uh, admonishing Christ, the risen Savior, the second person the Godhead, the only way to the Father. I tell people the way Jesus is the only way. That it's the greatest name in heaven and earth. God has exalted Jesus above everything. God the Father, right? And they share this relationship. We can get into that. Email me. Get us. We're at Gmail. Wrestling with the inner male, man at gmail.com. but um, eternally, um, that one's easy. Lifting up Christ and God forever, today, tomorrow, and forever. Because today I do it. And if God wakes me up here, I'll do it. But if God wakes me up there, I'm definitely going to do it because I'm having eternity with him. So uh, uh, the peace that I'm talking about is the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that can only come from God and reaching out to people and giving uh, giving it to them. We form the ministry out of a desire to share the truth about God to an uninformed, lost and dark world. Right. To, me, uh, to help men. It started out with me wanting to help men like me that grew, uh, and then it grew into people. But people struggling with abuse, dysfunction, addiction, uh, uh, imprisoned, uh, not just literal jail, but imprisoned in their heart and mind in spiritual darkness. Like we don't realize that even people that grew up in the church find themselves in this lost world and nobody's reaching out. Right. To give them No
1: lifeguards, man. No they, one's throwing the line out there crazy. or reaching with a pole.
2: And that and that's uh the purpose of peace is to show uh, that love to someone who feels they don't deserve it from someone they don't know, so they can ask why. Like, why are you doing this? So I can tell them about Jesus and why he did it for me, for them, for us, and for his father's glory.
0: So awesome.
2: that's that's it in a nutshell, man.
1: Well it is. And folks I I gotta interject a little story here because I've seen it in person. Here in this building, you know, where we come record Amen. the show down here at Savoy, there's an attorney general's office on a lower floor. And we come up this elevator, and I had seen this woman who was pretty distressed in the parking lot. And, uh, you know, she was asking where to park, or you know, and I helped her. And but she wanted to talk more, and I was kind of like trying to make my way in. I, I was polite, answered her question. She's uh, an immigrant, so she was from uh, Latin America somewhere, or Central America, I believe. And then we came and we did our show and then we get in the elevator and we're heading down and she gets on the, the elevator with Aaron and I. And this woman is distraught and Aaron just senses it. He feels it immediately. And just in the elevator, you know, he says, can we pray with you? And then she breaks down. She's just crying and sobbing, which made me feel very uncomfortable in a small <laughs> space. He you was know, like, man, you know, what are we going to do? And he steps out of the elevator with her. And then, you know, we go to a more private area of the lobby and he just holds her, and she just is crying and sobbing, and he prays, and he you know he doesn't ask her to uh reveal what she's upset about now she she just start to tell us, but he is there in that moment, you know in the elevator to stop and feel and sense you know what that other person needed and uh you know, and I was sitting there, oh my God, she told us her whole story. I took all the money I had out of my wallet I <laughs> <You> just <laughs> gave it to her <laughs> but I mean, I've seen this man in action, and, it, and it's genuine it's real. And it is for the least lost in the last. So, uh, I, there's a book, you know, that I've been reading, and, and it's called "The Christian in Complete Armor." In fact, you know, I just finished volume one of three, and here is an excerpt that made me think of you, Aaron. Sharp afflictions are to the soul as a driving rain to a house. We know about that with Harvey. And right. Here. <laughs> no one's forgotten Harvey yet. <laughs> we do not notice the leaks in the roof until we hear the drips and watch the puddles form on the floor. When tribulation beats down upon your soul, it soon discloses the weak spots in your graces. This is the reason none are so humble and compassionate toward other aching souls as those who are most acquainted with afflictions. They have been buffeted so sorely themselves that they keep the sails of self-esteem low. I love that. The sails of self-esteem yeah. low, more ready to pity than to condemn fellow sufferers who are weak.
2: Man, that is money.
1: So would you say that's an
2: accurate description of you Yeah, man. uh, Truly, after coming to Christ and realizing all that God um, has forgiven, uh, then, today, and through eternity, through my tomorrows, I couldn't help but give back to reach back because God uh, reached out and reached back, like I said, with a pity, not a, a pitiful, like, but a pity, like, man, I know where you're at.
1: Sympathy and empathy.
2: Yeah, I, I I know that hurt. I know that struggle, you know, whether it's exactly the same. A struggle is a struggle. A hurt is a hurt, you know. And um, so, yeah, and that's why I do, that is exactly why I do it, because I don't want any to be lost. I realized that I was, you know, in, in Luke chapter seven, it talks about two men that were in debt uh, to a certain money lender. One owed five hundred and one owed. 50. And either way, neither one of these men were in a position to repay, but so that their debts were forgiven. And and then Jesus asked him, uh, which one of them will love him more? And he said, the one, Simon re, uh, replied, the one that was forgiven more. And, and Jesus said, exactly. The one that was give, forgiven more has more of a reason to uh, glorify God. Right. More to reason more. to, yeah, to love more, to love deeper. You know, and, and I told you about my life verse, which is Psalms 40, and I want to share that. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Check this out. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Man, that's my life verse. And, and and because that was me, not only did God pull me up out of the pit, pull the sin, the hurt, the dysfunction, the drugs, the alcohol, the womanizing, the lying, the stealing, the killing, all the things that I was guilty of, he pulled me up out of that. And the beauty of it, he, and he pulled all of it up out of me. Right? It's not one thing. When we come to Jesus, you know, we come, oh, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. But we're still a hellion inside, and that's what the Bible and the relationship with God is about: is changing that hell to a heavenly person, heavenly-minded person, a person after the heart of God, just like Jesus was. And and through Peace Outreach, I get to show that. Through Peace Outreach, I I get to connect people to that God. Right, I can't make them ch- uh, choose Him, but I can definitely put them in line with Him. So. They can have a better understanding, realize it's not about them or anything that they could ever do. It's already done. It's the finished work of the cross. And my responsibility is to accept it, even though I don't deserve it. Right. And then to share it the same way he shared it with me, to come in person, to, to reach out, peace outreach, to give that peace like, hey, you can trust in the hand that I'm giving you because it's not mine. It's, the, it's a hand up from the Lord. Because the only reason, Dave, that I go out and do what I do is because of what God is doing on the inside of me. Because I'm like all people. I'm selfish. I'm about my business. I'm about taking care of me outside of God. But when God, with, with God in me, with the Holy Spirit, it's not about me. My life is not my own. I'm a living sacrifice. I pray every day and I and I fail sometimes, okay? I'm, I'm not always we the best. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not the best example of it all the time, but I continually strive to do that and to walk in in the establishment on my path that he's given to me.
1: Well, I think, you know, those who have lived the most sinful life have the greatest testimony because the transformation is so obvious and and you know, you can share that and say, look, I was worse than where you are now. If you're talking to these people that you help, uh, living under the bridges and things like that. And so again, I, I commend you for that. You know, um, I'm also reading another great book that Brian, you know, turned me on to. He's, he's got me uh, backed up in my, my reading, you know, (laughs) right. But it's called houses that changed the world, the return of the house churches. And I am really captivated by this book. Uh, So I understand that peace outreach began in your house and tell us more about that and how it has evolved since its inception. And then if you would then go into, you know, what your vision is for the future of your ministry and how wrestling with the inner man fits into that vision.
2: Right. How it started, man. That's a great question. Yeah, um, you're right. Peace Peace outreach ministry started in my house. It was uh, uh, with me asking my wife, I told her I want to help other people. I want to bring um people in the house. She goes, "Okay, no fear." Like she no fear. She said, and I asked her, "You're not worried?" She goes, "If God is in the in this and God is running this, plus who you are, I I'm fine." God bless Michelle. God bless exactly because she said to me, "I was waiting for you to do what you're supposed to do." So it got birth in her house, you know, with us uh, just um bringing folks in and loving on them in the name of Jesus, providing for their needs, giving them shelter and rest and food and clothes, whatever it was. And then we started partnering with what we continue to do with other Christian ministries to help facilitate the needs of people. Because, you know, it was just me and her. I, I, I'm I'm a working man. um not a rich man, and so it was just our funds. you know, people give me fifty dollars here, ten dollars there. they go, "Hey, pastor, here you go. I know you're doing some good work and and I appreciate every nickel, every dime, yep. m- most importantly, prayer. But yeah, we started in our house, and uh, as it grew, <clears throat> I started to go into the courts, and the courts started to uh the funny, the judges knew me before Christ. they saw me after Christ. And they saw the ministry work that I was doing. And so they started to send people my way. And we we would facilitate getting the
1: testimony right there. Yeah.
2: Amen. And then uh, because of all that, God had me move out to Texas because there's something bigger that he wants to do. You know, we started Thursday Night Lights Bible study, a home Bible study, uh, uh, kind of like a home little place for people to come and share the gospel and the word of God, ask questions, hang out. And we did that. And, you know, and that's still going on in the community. I'm still partnering, um, but we want something bigger. We want a restoration home. That's where our future is headed. Uh, I'm going to have a church. I'm going to have a restoration home and we're going to do outreach ministry, truly taking it to another level. Uh, still going out into the community, still adopting families, still administering biblical uh, counsel and guidance, still partnering with other organizations, but allowing peace to become um, a bigger known entity in the community. Not because of peace outreach, but because of the God that is responsible for for it and its growth. You know, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. You can go to more website. Uh, yeah, the website.
1: Tell- let me let me cover that for you. So check out Peace Outreach Ministries website at peaceoutreachministry.org, org And then if you got any questions for Aaron or for me or you know ideas about the show, what you're wrestling with, email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail to offer input suggestions or feedback on any of our programs. And I just want to pray God's blessing on Peace Outreach Ministry Thank and my you. brother Aaron here and his wife Michelle because. Lord, they are, they are living the life that you've called them to, and they are doing it every day with prayer. They're, they're trusting their homes. They're, they're just reaching out to people that are strangers. No fear. And that is what we all need to do because everyone needs that peace. Peace is what everyone is seeking, whether they know it or not. And there are a lot of people that are very unsettled right now because of the times we're living in because of the truth and and just trying to find and understand the truth. So we ask all this in your son's name, Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man.
0: Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Top. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwithinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as wrestling with the underman tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.